0: Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Juliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. This week, we're continuing our discussion with Daniel Hakim, and we're talking about regulatory challenges in his industry and also a lot about what to do when you start to outgrow your premises and the decisions you make and the responsibilities you have when you are the business owner. So, let's pick up our discussion with Daniel. But in terms of the mechanical side of things i know that there's a a tendency now for people to um, source their own parts or get stuff from overseas are you finding that that's we haven't we haven't come across
1: a lot of that i mean you know that our our workshop is 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 at capacity all the time so yeah, i mean i'm sure that there is that there is the need There is probably areas and, and people who are doing that but the the changes in in vehicle and vehicle repair over the last five years is more than over the last 40 yeah mm-hmm. I mean, so it's very very hard for someone to unless they have the car already diagnosed they can't just order something online and turn up to a workshop and think that that's going to fix the car it yeah. just doesn't work that way yeah. you know what i mean so there isn't there isn't a lot of that um where we are having trouble is is accessing correct information mm-hmm. so you know like car manufacturers uh, withholding information um oh. where it's available overseas so you know if you yeah. were in other markets in the world um the repair information is legislated that would be available to everyone yeah. in australia it is not they're working on it okay. like everything in australia fixed. there's mm-hmm. 45 yeah. levels of government for it to get through before yeah. we'll, we'll see a result <laughs> on the ground but there is a lot of push for that at the moment because a lot of the car repair now is information based. So, you know, you need the correct information, and yeah. not just a, a skill set that, you know, there's so much more a diagnosis of electronic parts and everything is so modular that you can't repair one particular part of a car anymore. You mm-hmm. replace that component or that whole segment. Now I consider part of the diagnosis to replace that part and see if it's fixed it. You know, this has come from the car manufacturers. So they they don't themselves know how to diagnose these cars yet. The technology is too new to see what the faults are.
0: So I know that one of your decisions in not buying this, this business at the time, but coming into this business before you bought it, was that you were in an apprenticeship that was a single manufacturer, and you had in your mind that you wanted to do to work on a range of cars. Do you think that was the right decision for you? And is it a decision that you would encourage others that are coming through now to think about?
1: So, I mean, I think it turned out to be the right decision for me. I mean, I suppose at the time, I was bored working on mm-hmm. I mean, we were working at a Honda dealership, and, I mean, they, they make a fantastic product. So, as a young uh, as vehicle mm-hmm. student, we weren't, you weren't being challenged enough. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cars weren't failing, so you didn't get to, you know... I think you know, a year and a half, two years into that brand, I mean, you know, where I have a love of the brand, it's there was no challenge there. You know, there was nothing to learn. You know, it'd be a great retirement job. Yes. You know? to <laughs> retirement. <laughs> yeah, But um, you know, so you know, and I had an opportunity to work uh, at this shop here on, on the Saturdays, and, and I loved the the atmosphere and the and the rush and the you know it was busy, busy, go, go, go all the time. And, you know, and I really liked that. You know, it was. Uh, so I think I fell into it. I mean, I don't think I had a plan of, you know, I was 16 or yeah. 17. I, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you don't think fast. You don't think past Tuesday. you know. So. <laughs> Not even in your forties and fifties. Trust <laughs> me. So you know, like uh, we just we just fell into it. And I think you know, and I say to, I, I always say to, to you know people hey, we're interviewing for apprentices and stuff now that it doesn't have to be this shop, but if you learn in a small shop, yeah, you will end up a much Better Uh tradesperson because you see, I mean, you know, a much better variety of vehicles. So, you know, if if you're learning to repair vehicles and you only learn on one brand, you might become very good at that one brand, Mm -hmm. but you're missing out on on really learning how the whole rest of the industry. Yes, you know. So, you know, there there is no substitute for you know, like any any smaller workshop like Mm -hmm. ours where. You know, one day you're working on a Ferrari, next you're working yeah. on a beaten up old You know, like yeah. there's, 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 you don't know what's coming next, you know? Mm. And so, as a, as a student, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because you, get, you get to see everything, mm. you know? And you get to see every aspect of, of your one, you know, of, of a vehicle. Whereas, you know, if you're in a, in a specialist industry or a specialist segment, you'll only learn that thing. You might become excellent at that, and that might be fine for you, missing out on, on the rest of it. I oh, say so to a lot of young people that work here that even if they go off and then specialise in something, at least they have a background knowledge of the rest of the car. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah.
2: gives them an idea of what they whether they want Absolutely. to specialise Absolutely. or not. Yeah, yeah. It, it gives them more options, yeah. really. Yeah.
0: So You mentioned about the legislation in terms of the knowing how to repair, getting the repair information. Are there other limitations in the industry that, that restrict you Hold you back in a business sense.
1: The the space that we're in is, is, is competitive because we're um, you know we're trying to offer an alternative to someone with a new vehicle from taking a dealer. So, and at the same time we're trying to be standalone. In the same shop we're trying to be a standalone tyre retailer. You know you have uh, car manufacturers who you know within their own interest want to obviously keep that vehicle in their dealer network mm-hmm. because that means they get they get exclusive. Over that customer, so you know they can sell them their tire, they can sell them the next new car, they keep it all there. Where we come in is being able to offer a better service, a more personal service, and um, and being cheaper um, without some of the frills that you get in a car Mm -hmm. deal, you know. But um, that's where you know, yes, there's no coffee here, no (laughs) coffee (laughs) (laughs) machine. Um, when someone's got a, a vehicle that's that's still in warranty, you know, they, they, they're they scared into by the dealers to are taking it there to keep that. And, you know, right. that's, that's been legislated against. So, you know, that's opened up the, the whole industry to being able to do that. But so, that's you know, exactly. the, a, as a reaction to what they, what, what a, a car dealer will do now to keep that business, and, and that's, you know, within their own interest to do that, is to offer extended warranties and things like this, which hasn't been legislated against very well. So that, you know, Know, whereas the manufacturer's warranty has been legislated that anyone can repair that car as long as they follow that that list of instructions, yeah. and that's where the information segment becomes important because you know when you buy a new car, you no longer get a book. It's got what's due when. It's yes. all digital. It's all hidden, and they're refusing to to release that information. So you know, even as even as the car owner, you don't have access to what it's due for at what service. Mm-hmm. So and it makes it equally hard for another repairer to have that. So that's, that information is, is required, and that's not currently legislated, that be be available to everyone. And so you know you have a warranty shared with the vehicle, um, and, and then the extended warranty, those are usually underwritten by an insurance company, rather than the car's manufacturer. So they will have all sorts of racing courses in them, um, and no one... I know I've ever read that document. You know? And <laughs> 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 so you try to make a claim. Yeah. You know, and then you'll find that you missed something, like it's got to go back to the selling deal or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, like a lot of those a lot of those things are written to try and keep that car or keep that customer in within that, that dealer network, as they would. But then the, the problem we have as a tire retailer is that we have a tire manufacturer now wanting to sell directly to Car dealers and into their workshops, and where that was usually something that was done by a tyre shop. Yes. So, you know, we would have exclusive right over a certain number of brands in mm-hmm. an area, and then we would then sell them to the car dealer, To And mm-hmm. uh, what they're doing now is the car manufacturers are, are, are doing direct deals with tyre manufacturers and then sending it through their dealer network as, as a part of the car and trying to, I guess, then cut all the tyre retailers out of that segment of the industry. So it's not, you know, because at the moment, I mean, you know, the, there's probably 10 car dealers within 5Ks of here that we currently sell them, they're, they're fit them, okay. we'll supply them their tires, they don't hold any stock, it's all held yeah. here. You know, and they're all, you know, we can, we can be there in two minutes, whatever they, the car rolls in, okay. service, whatever it needs. It's in this or that. You know, money brake paid, they've got their stock, they call us for a tire. What they're, what they're all moving towards is having all their own tires in stock themselves yeah. and having some sort of a network where they're, they're their own retailer in their own right. I mean, a few of them have, have over the years have tried that. No one has, there's no model that has success, successfully worked in a car dealership because of um, you know the aspect of fitting the tire. It's more specialized than, than they realize until they actually start doing it. And um, and of stocking them, the problem is with stocking the range they need to the stock now. You know, even in just a few brands of vehicle, like if they can't hold the stock, they need to. Um. It's not space effective like it is for us. No.
0: Yeah. You know? Are there other challenges apart from those things? So looking to the future, will there be changes to tires in general that? So we hard? don't
1: see. You know, we, we've had quite a few industry meetings. this because there's a lot of there's a lot of changes that concern our industry coming in the technology in the vehicles. There's no immediate change in tire suspension braking in the car, which is predominantly what our workshop does. So, you know, we don't see any change there. The vehicle population is growing, in, especially in our country, faster than the the service level can keep up with. So, so is it. this shortage again? So, for yeah. us, the, the people shortage and now even a shop shortage. Mm. So there's not enough businesses now to support the vehicle the, vehicles that are out there. the vehicle mm. um, yeah, fleet that the country now has. You know, what I mean? Not in every area, but certainly in some areas.
0: So you've got industry associations. Do you? Do
1: they? Yes, yes, and, and they and we have a few, and they they're all very well run. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're all run really with the right intent. We have quite a few now, um, and the, you know the, it's going back to the thing where we're trying to get everyone to work together, mm-hmm. because you know we end up with as an industry better quality repair going out, and it also makes it all easy for us to prepare, each to run our own individual businesses, but still be competitive
0: if they're doing the industry profile right it has to start to address the shortage of staff. that's still
1: one area where we 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 haven't been able to make any 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 real inroad the problem is is that what we charge as an industry hasn't really changed in 20 years you know what a real alignment cost what a punch repair cost is the same today Mm. and industry-wide as it was 20 years ago no no other industry has kept their price the same (laughs) Um, so, you know, until those rates go up, there is no wage growth, really, to be had, for the, and, and we just, you know, we just let short people, because you know, unless they get paid more, we can't post them from other yeah. and, and we don't have, I don't think we have the labour force available to us in Australia.
2: It's a shame, really, because there's got to be an answer somewhere with what you said, pay them right, increase the prices, because they do, anyway. But, um, but also to get people, there's so many unemployed young people that will be looking, as you said earlier, maybe as a career or as a, just a chapter or to an air career. To a, more a, more a lot more. of them might have
1: trouble getting to an area. So you know, mm. Whereas they might be in a regional area where there is yes. no work for them, yes. they can't get to a metro centre like us. Mm. So and if they came here, like it's I'll still the trail. travel. they It's yeah. still the travel. So you know, I've had, right. I've had yes. a, some of the, some of the best employees I've had have been from the country, yeah, or from overseas. Yeah. Um, so that you know, the, some of the country guys have been right. absolutely amazing. Uh, and as
2: you said, to, to live within a reasonable distance, it's cost. Yes. Rental yeah. and, any, and anywhere, a, you yeah. know, anywhere, and I think in a, in a yeah. capital city, yes, or a major definitely. city, going to
1: be, it's going to be an issue. So you know, I think it goes back to what people talk about on the radio. well has the housing affordability. You know, there's no. Yes. There is no cheap housing in North Shore. So if we look at the business
0: in terms of planning, um, mm-hmm. I, I have words that I won't use in this podcast that are about business goals. 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 She loves goals. Not. Yeah. So she. She doesn't. Amazing. She doesn't use the word goals. So how do you? You and how often do you do your business planning?
1: You know, I have no business training. I have no prior business experience. You know, we just learn as we go. So we've never sat down and done a plan that this is what we, we want. We just sort of, we outgrow a space and we buy a building or we, you know, we buy a bigger truck, you know. It's just, it, it's just how it, it goes. And then we go, oh, we should have done that. We didn't make any money on that. Or, oh, that was a good idea. Let's buy another one of those. There's, there's no proper thought process for us. You know, it's just, it's just a, 5 with the pants sort of thing, where you just just take each day as it comes. I mean, I, I have I have uh, good friends in who do similar stuff to what we're we're doing here, who we are very plan-driven, and they've had no better or worse success than us. You know? so you know, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a very much a everything. You know? Do trying, you think
0: yeah? Do you think that's because you're so hands-on with the right. business, and you and it's you you've got a feel for exactly what's happening where that that nothing runs out of control, you know, the costs don't run out yeah, of control, the so, you know, staff don't run out of right. control. That's right,
1: I mean, so, you know, I guess in the perfect world, you know, that you would really, you'd run around, be able should be able to run a business like this from your lounge room at home or something, but you can't. You know, you yeah. have to be first one in, last one out. And I think any shopkeeper will tell you that's the only way to be successful, is that you have to just put the time in. the mm-hmm. business requires your time, you have to give it to Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah, you know. I think any. And I, I mean, I've seen it in our industry a lot. But I think if you compare it to any other industry, if you're not putting the time there on the, being hands-on, yeah. you're gonna miss opportunity, and you're also gonna you're gonna find mistakes are made that didn't need to be made. You know, of course, we're still making mistakes. We make them every day, but you know, we we can be on top of it. You know. And we and we're also right there. I mean. In saying that, you do have to step off the floor a little bit and be a bit more organized. I find that the days where we might be short-staffed and I, you know, my instinct is to go in and, and help um, on the floor. Yeah. We actually it puts us further behind. You know, it's very hard to break a habit coming off the floor. But you know, the more that you, instead of standing back and 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 just doing what we can do and being organized, you try to. Speed things up and jump in and help. You're not doing your job. Yeah. And uh, and and we fell further behind through the day. Mm.
0: Right. So so you putting in a store manager, help with that transition for you.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've done that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. but you know we've 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 grown to the point where even with the you know even with a full time store manager and myself here, it's too much for the two of us. And if one of mm-hmm. us is here, it's it's physically too much work for one yes. or two people. A lot of situations and questions and stuff where I have the answer in my head, I can answer it in two seconds. It's very, very hard to quantify that to some way where you could have a book or a, a, yes. A, a yes. teach someone yes. or something. It's, it yes. only comes from experience. Yes.
0: You know? And so then in terms of succession planning, I know you're not into planning, but, but how do you cater for the fact that you might not be here?
1: Whenever I'm not here if it's planned we just take less work so Mm -hmm. we prioritise you know we have a customer base that can be flexible so there's a lot of stuff we can book work around if I'm not going to be here so you know there's a lot of stuff that's flexible with when that comes and so we can just save the the time that is in the day for for basically emergency work so we go into what we call survival mode Mm -hmm. so you know we're not we're not interested in in profits or anything like that we're just keeping everybody happy so you know we're making sure that service level especially to our trade and wholesale customers is not is not dropped mm-hmm. so that you know we're still first call and they want something so you yeah. know like and that's that's I don't think any business that, that when you're short of staff it's not that you can't get the work done as your quality of service drops mm-hmm. so you know that's we just if I'm not here or if I'm not going to be here we just make sure that that is maintained even if we're not making the correct amount of money or what we should be on the for the, for the week of the day it's, We've just got to maintain the, maintain the customers that, are, that are, are important and that, that aren't flexible. You know? And then if it's unplanned, it's chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so you're giving up a time to good. deal with, with
2: another one of you, really.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Well, you got two at home? Yeah. Have you <laughs> trained them at this?
1: <laughs> Look, you know, as, as much as I... You know, I, I, I love the, our business and what we've put into it. I don't know if it's something that, that I would want for our children. Yeah. You know? um,
0: Which is an interesting uh, opinion to, to share. That's cool. You
1: know, it's, it's not that, I mean, you know, if they wanted to do it, of course I would teach them. Yes. And, and you know, it would be theirs. But, you know, I, I have two sons. I don't, I don't know that, I don't know, A, they can work together. They certainly can't play together. <laughs> 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 I think you're talking about siblings in general. Yes. But, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, like all the, all the very successful businesses that I've been associated with, uh, family businesses, have multiple family members, and they all get along well. And I think that is yeah. a big factor in their success, is mm-hmm. that, oh, yes. that the more family they have involved, and the more committed they all are, mm-hmm. the better their relationship, the more successful their business will be. Yeah. It's just more eyes on the prize, I guess.
0: We we both know that Fuliana comes from a big family, and I think it'd be
2: fair to say that she doesn't think her family would work well together. Um, No, I'd rather (laughs) just be family, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just a comment, I mean, you talked about you don't plan, but what I'm hearing, actually, there's a lot of planning happening in in reality, very action-oriented rather than a document. Yes, I suppose we do do,
1: do plan, we just don't write anything down. Yeah. You know, so you know yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we have we have goals I guess that we've we, we have in our head but they're not on a piece of paper or, yes. or or anything like that, you know, and we have you know, like yeah right now we're we we're, we're in the process of building a new workshop, but it wasn't something that we we, we sat down mm-hmm. and, and thought, Oh, you know, that's that's the next step for us is that we've physically outgrown our space to the point where it's it's almost ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We needed more space. Um mm-hmm. We sat down with a calculator for two minutes and going well, oh, if we do this and do that, it should work, let's give it a try and see what happens, you yeah. know, and that's, that's been how we've run our business from the start. You
0: know? and, and we might just talk a little bit about that because there's, let's just see what happens. For those of you who are listening, we're talking about what kind of an investment?
1: Well, we're probably, you know, without crunching of numbers, it's probably six and a half million dollars.
0: And it's remodelling an existing building and building...
1: So we're remodeling one, and we're adding a whole new building onto that.
0: And it's in a nice. in a, an area where you'll have to close the road to do the <laughs> yeah,
1: construction. Yes, yes we we'll are oh, yeah. popular with our neighbors down there for a couple. And deal with council.
0: Yes. And I know that you you built this building that we're in now. That this was built, purpose built mm-hmm. for you when you mm-hmm. moved from
2: around the corner. Were you able to do that and still run your business at the same time? Yeah, that was oh, that really? was a horrible time in our lives.
1: You know, and, and when we moved here, yeah. you know, I, I said to myself and to my family, "I'll never do this again. I'm <laughs> never moving into business." Again. Yes, you know, it was horrible. The pressure of I'm still running your, your business oh. and then trying to to move, and it, it was not a move that it was a move we we had to make for redevelopment purposes from where yeah. we were. It wasn't a move we wanted to make. Whereas this move is one we want to make. So oh, no. we're hoping that this goes better. But I'm. You know, one, you know, it depends what day you ask me. One day it's a good idea, one day it's not a good idea. So, <laughs>
0: so, so just to give the people listening an idea, how long have you had the plans at council now?
1: And so, I'm, I guess you know, I'm probably the wrong person. I'm very anti-government, of any <laughs> time. But this particular council and this particular uh, job actually so far gone quite well. I've been surprised. Absolutely. They've been very accommodating. They've, you know, the delays have really been on me and on mm-hmm. planning and. And, you know, because it's so expensive to get it wrong, mm. you know, so yes. I you will know, like to put a ramp there, no, it's not, and, you know, to the point where, you know, a couple of us guys in here have gone down to the local park with some cars and some, some <laughs> tape measure and some paint and eventually painted it out and made sure that it flows before we build it, you know. We're, um, and, you know, so I guess the delays have been on us as much, you know, especially the, the government and council bureaucracy that we have, Anyone who's dealt with a government department or council, it's no different, you know, but we know what to expect. This particular building we're in right now took three years to get through, but that's because we were pushing the envelope of what was allowed. How they choose what's allowed and and who chooses what's allowed, that's, I guess, a a different conversation we can have. That's that's a whole other area I have a problem with, but, (laughs) um, you know, the the development we're doing now, I mean, I guess the, the, the key for anyone who's doing any development or anything like that is, is just build what's allowed yeah you know you know before you buy before you design before you do anything look at what you're getting uh-huh. is it gonna work within the rules yeah. because if you can make it just something that appears on a desk it's rubber-stamped that's the fastest way through yeah. if you're building something that, that requires a lot of modification to the rules or to the planning then it's not you know unless you're up for a big fight it's probably not worth it and yeah. yeah. you know it was different for us when we moved here because it was necessary we had to do something
2: so it's actually quite impressive that you're able to continuously move the goalposts, as you said, and exceed your goals. And now your business is growing, and it's actually both from number of employees to number of clients to premises. That's fantastic. And when you talk about it, it's all experience based.
1: Yes, I mean we've been we've been lucky in, we're in like, you know, that, that our industry has grown with us. We came into the industry in time where it was growing, it's mm-hmm. still growing. So yeah. you know, that there's plenty of industry you could have gone mm-hmm. into that, that were in decline and you weren't mm-hmm. Whereas, mm-hmm. You know. whereas we were lucky in that sense so you know that's that's no pat on the back for us that was just good timing but you've taken advantage and, of it yeah, yeah I was, was going to yeah, say you've moved with, yes. yeah, I guess you're sort of in the right yes. place at the right time you know mm-hmm. what I mean and, it's, and you have to be willing to put the work in so you know we were at a point before we decided to move the business again and, and go through the process of buying more buildings and, and trying to do all that we were at the point where we you know we had to sit down and, and what is it that we want? You know, do mm-hmm. we want to roll the dice again because we yeah. we have a successful business? You can, yes, it's maxed out on its space and at capacity all the time. But there's nothing wrong with that either. It's that's very mm-hmm. sellable. That's you know that's that's an asset and we're completely you know I guess debt free in a business point of view. So do you go in again? It's like starting fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or do you walk away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because once you decide to to go in again, this, you can't. Can't back out of that. Got to see it through. Yes, yeah. you, have to, you have to get that done. So you know, yeah. I guess I was at the point where I felt I was still young enough, and mm-hmm. um, and I still wanted more stuff. Mm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, what sort of stuff? You <laughs> don't know, I can't he trust have to tell us. I, that. I can't trust <laughs> that you're going to edit this out. Just,
0: just, just in that vein, I know that you've had a. In conjunction with the business and all of the things that you've done, you, you have tried some extracurricular activities. You've done some other stuff, and I know you've got the family that, that takes up time now. Are there things outside of the business that you would like to do? The only thing
1: that I, I really feel that I, I would I would like to do is travel. Oh no. um, I um, You know, I was lucky enough to do a, 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 yeah, Travel a little bit as as a you know as a child, and then. As a young adult, and um, we have travelled, you know, mm-hmm. as a family, but it's different when you have a when you have a business like this. It's like leaving a toddler at home. Mm, yeah, you, know, you, you can't relax. So it's, let uh, let me tell
0: you, those who are still listening, mm-hmm. that. He has a security system that is attached to his phone, so that he can look at the workshop when he's
2: away. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, you, and we do, and, and, well. and I do, and it's that's the level of commitment that is required. Yes. You know. So the um, so you know, I guess the the only thing that I would like to do that the business wouldn't allow time for is is, is to, travel. to travel. Yeah. 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 That's probably the only thing I would do when we didn't have this business.
2: Well, you're still pretty young and still plenty years to travel, so the next step would be to clone yourself so you can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think any business owner would know this. there's any way you can truly do that is if you don't have the business anymore. Yeah. Because
0: mm-hmm. no, you don't have to think about it. You don't have you know. the responsibility. Yes, because it's a massive responsibility. It is. Not
1: just for your own sake, but mm-hmm. you know, your responsibility of, of your other employees. Or so the and, team, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, You're ultimately responsible for every vehicle
2: to I'd just like to say how much I learned (laughs) during this podcast. I certainly had a bit of an idea of what you do, but um, learned a lot more about your business in particular, the industry and the challenges. And um, I respect it even more than before and really appreciate it. We will wrap it up there because I can't
0: remember what I'm going to ask, so we'll have to wait for another time. I'm Kim Baudi. She's Fulgadra Osborne and we've been talking with Daniel McKim. This is Inside Exec.